Welcome to the Fertile Womb Podcast. My name is Holly, and I'm the owner of Rosebud Wellness, which is a women's holistic health practice in Southern California. In my practice, I use acupuncture, yoni steaming, abdominal massage, and the fertility awareness method to support women on their conception journey. In this podcast, I will be sharing about some of the practices and tools that I use in my practice, and also will be interviewing women about their own personal fertility journey, as well as other professionals in the fertility space. Thanks so much for listening. Please enjoy. I'm excited to share with you that I have recently found a an at-home hormone testing company that I really really love and very much align with their methodology and perspective on testing your hormones for understanding what's happening with your fertility. So the name of the company is Prove, so it's spelled P R O O V. And I really love that they kind of do a full hormone testing um, for understanding your fertility and potentially ovarian reserve. There are always limitations when you're talking about taking a snapshot on any individual day. But what's so really so great about this company is that they do invite you to test your hormones on multiple days of the cycle to really get a more complete picture of what's actually going on. Um, So I highly recommend checking them out. You can find them at provetest.com and you can use my code HOLLY, H-O-L-L-Y 20 at checkout to get 20% off of your first order. And they do have a variety of different test kits, um, and some of them do also incorporate the male side of things. So they do offer some semen analysis as well. So go over to prove, P-R-O-O-V test.com to check them out. And don't forget to use my code HOLLY20 to get 20% off of your first order. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fertile Womb Podcast. Today, I am going to be talking about apps for tracking your menstrual cycle. So there are so many apps out there these days that I don't even, I can't even imagine knowing all of them, but I will say that majority of them are focused on using predictions, algorithms, and are not necessarily educating women about how the menstrual cycle actually works. They are basically just using technology as a way for women to continue to outsource what's happening inside of their own bodies to something else. And in this case, it's technology. So I hope I don't sound like too much of an old fogey. I mean, obviously, I I appreciate technology in many, many ways. Of course, I'm recording this podcast with a microphone on my computer, and I'm quite active on Instagram. And, you know, I, I appreciate a lot of what technology has to offer in terms of, you know, connecting us to one another and just having a broader reach and being able to share information, so much more information than I could have ever imagined when I was I was younger of how quickly we can get so much data um, and learn about other people. So it's really, really wonderful. So I'm not a technology hater. 
But when it comes to the fertility awareness method or tracking and charting our menstrual cycles, my vision for the world is that all women really understand how the cycle works and can apply that in learning how to read their own body. And I don't believe that everybody, not that it really fully matters what I believe, but I guess my my perspective is that women can choose to go as deeply or as superficially as they want to with tracking and charting their cycle. I guess my issue is when women think they are doing the best, that they're really learning about something and they're just not getting the full picture, I guess, is is my concern with all of these apps and relying on technology. So, I mean, there's so many things that I can say about all of the different apps. So there's there's kind of like a basic type of app that will, you know, you can put in your when you get your period, how long you bleed for, and then it will make a prediction of when you're going to ovulate and then also when you're going to get your next period based on whatever data you input into there. So, if you're someone that has always had so far, a very regular cycle, say it's, you know, 29 to 30 days or somewhere within that range, if it doesn't vary by more than seven or eight days or so, and you figure that you're probably ovulating or about midway between there, and the app seems to kind of be lining up for you, that type of person maybe could rely on an app um, just kind of for general information. But in terms of timing sex for conception or even preventing pregnancy, um, especially preventing pregnancy, I would definitely not recommend an app that just has this like very limited amount of information. And so that's kind of, a lot of people do kind of have an awareness about that not being so effective. And that's more kind of rhythm method thinking, which Fertility awareness, the fertility awareness method is very different from the rhythm method. And if you're not familiar with what that is, it's basically just assuming that your cycle is always the same length and that you're always going to ovulate 14, 12 to 14 days before you get your next period. Like kind of just having this perspective that you always ovulate at the same time and you always get your period after that certain exact amount of time. And like I said, there are a lot of women that do have cycles like that, but I don't typically see those women in my practice because when women are working on hormonal imbalance and particularly if they're trying to get pregnant and it's not happening, a lot of times there is a reason for that and that is what we're working on. And in my own personal life, I've really not had a very regular cycle, and it has always been based in diet and lifestyle issues for me. Some supplementation and and herbal medicine and things like that have been helpful to support me on my journey for keeping a, a more regular cycle, but I still, my system is really sensitive, and there are a lot of women like that that have a really sensitive system that, you know, they under eat a little bit or they're not getting adequate protein levels for a little while, they're stressed, they're traveling, and all of a sudden there goes their period or they're ovulating way later in the cycle. And that is where accidental pregnancies can happen or we can be 
not conceiving, even though we are wanting to be conceiving, because we're kind of not having an awareness that things can shift and change over time. And even if you're somebody that maybe has had a really regular cycle through your 20s and 30s, as you enter into perimenopause, it can shift and change a little bit. And certainly as you go closer to menopause. And so the more that we can get used to actually being able to learn about how to track and chart our cycle with also understanding what we're doing without technology telling us what is happening, um, the more empowered we are to be able to apply that knowledge in the future in addition to tracking and, our, and charting our cycles in that specific moment of our lives. So the other types of apps that there may be would be things that you know you can put in, maybe you can put in cervical mucus too, for example, and then that would help the app to uh, predict or use its algorithm to be able to tell you when you're ovulating and when you're getting your next period. And then sometimes you can put in cervical mucus and basal body temperature, for example, but there's still maybe some kind of predictions involved in an app like that. And so basically what the app is trying to do is to tell you what's happening based on the data that you're inputting. So it really removes the user of that app from being able to have an opportunity to interpret what's happening themselves. So kind of learning about what are the signs that ovulation has happened based on my basal body temperature? What are the signs that ovulation is approaching based on my cervical mucus? What are some other ovulatory signs that I might experience in my body? So the more that we are learning about what's actually happening inside of our body, rather than just looking at what the app is telling us is going to be happening, has already happened in the past, the more empowered we are to be able to apply that information in the future as well. So the apps that I prefer to use, and I'm not anti-app, I think they're wonderful. I have charted on paper at certain times of my life, but it did kind of present a little bit of a tricky situation. Um, you know, if you are out of town, for example, and you forget to drink, bring your chart, or, you know, if you just sleep over at a friend's house or something, or, you know, any number of things could happen where you're maybe not always right next to your paper chart. And then also if you're recording your cervical mucus um, production, especially early on, it can be really helpful to just kind of write it down in the moment. And if you're in a public bathroom out and about or you're at work or something, then you might maybe forget by the time you get back to your paper chart. But being able to put things into an app can be really helpful to just kind of make sure that you're staying as consistent as possible with being able to do that. So the two main apps that I recommend and use in my practice are Read Your Body. That's really, if people are open to pay a little bit, I think it's $15 for a year subscription to Read Your Body. And it's really worth every penny, in my opinion, to be able to use this specific app that is really concise with the way that you can track and chart cervical mucus in particular. Um, I use a, a specific template um, in my practice where that is set up in the way that I have been teaching the fertility awareness method, particularly 
like I said, the cervical mucus side of things, we have different things that we're looking at, like the sensation as you wipe, the amount of stretch of the mucus, as well as the color of the mucus. And there's a bunch of different ways to categorize different types of mucus. And we also track the number of times that you are observing a certain thing throughout that day. So all of that information is really, really helpful in order to assess the chart as accurately as possible. So there's a lot of times that women are, you know, maybe missing data points on their chart, or maybe they're just kind of writing in little random descriptor words of the cervical mucus that they saw. But the more that I talk with women, when they have a specific way to track and chart the mucus where they, there isn't as many question marks about what did I actually see? And I mean, I do have a lot of conversations. I have people send me pictures of their mucus. So it's not that once you learn this, you kind of understand it automatically and everything comes together really quickly. It takes a few cycles to kind of understand what's what in the charting method that I teach, but it is really helpful to get more specific about your cervical mucus observations. So with all of that being said, I definitely recommend the Read Your Body app, but if women are really um, on a tight budget and really don't want to pay for something, they're not sure maybe if the fertility awareness method is going to work for them, so they don't really want to sign up for a subscription if they are not even sure if they're going to be using it. The other app that I do recommend is Kindara. And part of the reason that I recommend that is because there are no predictions or algorithms in Kindara either. And there are probably other apps that I'm just not aware of because I love these two so much that I haven't really needed to find anything else. There are probably other ones that you can just put your BBT and your cervical mucus into, but these are the two that are really, when I look at the chart, they're so easy to read. And some of the other ones, it's just sort of like, what is even going on here? Um, And even though I've been looking at charts for many years and charting my own cycle for many years, some of them just sort of look a little wacky and the way that they're set up, it's it's just not very user-friendly. So I will link both of these apps in the show notes of this episode so you can go and check them out and see if you might want to experiment with some of them. I will say that, I mean, it's always fun. There are some apps that will talk about like the moon phases or the type of moon woman that you are based on when you ovulate and things like that, or, you know, other things about how you might be feeling energetically based on where you're at in your cycle. And for me personally, I've always found those kinds of things I find it very fun um, to read about them and think about them theoretically. I really love the work um, of the Red School or um, their book is called uh, Wild Power. And they also have a podcast called Menstruality, which is really fun. So I, I love all of that kind of energetic and moon phase and connection with nature and all that kind of stuff when we're talking about and thinking about our menstrual cycle and our fertility. And I, I do think that's that's really important for women to connect with that when they're on a fertility journey. However, what I have found is that they are really based on, you know, call, kind of following a typical cycle of 
women get a period and then they ovulate around day 14 and then they're in their luteal phase and they feel a certain way and then they get their next period. And like I said, as somebody that has had a pretty irregular cycle for a lot of my life, I have felt a little bit sort of removed from that because sometimes my follicular phase lasts a really long time. And so I'm in this sort of like spring summer phase and you know my app is telling me I should be feeling this other way because I'm supposed to be at this point because it's this day of the cycle and I've I've found that to be kind of just like a little bit of a bummer that makes me feel sort of like separate from being a woman because I don't follow this like typical pattern so maybe that's just a me thing but I do you know, I really do recommend staying away from any kind of predictions or things that are putting you into a box or removing you from your ability to interpret things yourself. And so in the work that I do, for example, I don't expect the women that I work with to be able to interpret what's going on in their chart or their cycle from the beginning. What I do is teach women how to track and chart their cycle. And in the beginning phases, I'm doing everything for them. So I'm, you know, teaching them logistically, kind of like how to where to put everything and what means what. Um, but really within probably once we have three charts, women are really awesome at having everything really fully done on their chart. And that includes being able to have their BBT uh, done every most every day. Obviously, skipping every now and again is totally normal and part of being a human. Um, and then also having their cervical mucus observations in there. And then we also I teach them how to draw the cover line, which helps to separate the pre and post ovulatory temperatures, and that's really helpful for confirming ovulation as well as identifying peak day which is the last day where you have clear, stretchy, lubricative cervical mucus. And then we do our count of three. And that is also what the count of three is for anybody that doesn't know, is counting three days after you have that peak day. And that will also help you to confirm ovulation. And so I'm teaching women how to add all of these things into their chart. And we're kind of learning as we go. And I'm also teaching them about what it means if something is outside of the realm of what is typical or what would be most optimal. So one of the things that's tricky about trying to learn from a book or learning online uh, from random Facebook groups or Instagram posts or YouTube videos or whatever, one of the things that's tricky about that is that a lot of the information is is much more general. So it is kind of you know, like this is the typical cycle and this this is what you'll see. So in the fertility awareness method, even that exists. So a woman has her period, she has a certain amount of dry days where there's no cervical mucus, then enters into her fertile window where there's some combination of non-peak and peak mucus. So peak is clear, stretchy, lubricative, non-peak is more like white hand lotion. Um, and then there will be a temperature shift and the mucus will dry up and all is well and good. And interpreting a fertility awareness method chart is super easy. And I will say that in practice, both personally and with the women that I work with, it is not usually that straightforward. So a lot of women are nutrient depleted from 
you know, restriction or um, sometimes even, you know, it's not that they're trying to lose weight specifically or something, but if they're just really busy and don't have time to get an optimal nutrition or they don't know how to get optimal nutrition, they don't even know what they're supposed to be doing because there's so much conflicting information out there. Um, they're really stressed out, maybe exercising too much and don't even realize it, not sleeping enough. We are, you know, just not taking care of ourselves as well as we could be for a lot of us in this culture. And I am, you know, very much in this realm as well. So I definitely struggle right alongside everybody with with trying to optimize my hormone balance. And it's it's really tricky in our culture. There's just so many things to do. It's very stressful. There's, um, you know, out prices of everything are just like going through the roof. There's so many, so much information flying at us all the time. So it's really tricky to keep your hormones balanced nowadays, and especially as you get older as well. So, and this is, like I've said before, I'm not an ageist. I don't believe that as women get older, that automatically their fertility just goes down the toilet. But I do believe that you do need to be a little bit more thoughtful about the ways in which you're caring for your body as you get older. And I'm saying this as I'm I'm almost 40. And so I've definitely noticed that my body is, I mean, I think it's lovely. My body is definitely much more um, vocal these days with me about what she needs. And, and I appreciate that. And I think that's part of it is that I'm actually listening. And at other times I maybe wasn't, but I also just, you know, I think our body kind of gets used to what it gets used to. I was having a conversation um, with a client yesterday and she was just saying like, I can't believe the awful things that I used to do to my body, Um, just like not eating and smoking and drinking and all this stuff. And I've been there too. And and it is, it's sad to to think about what we did to our sweet bodies. And all we can do now is to do better and try to optimize and improve our hormonal balance as best as we can. So I've I've gone off into a little bit of a tangent, but this is really just to say that the apps are wonderful in theory for getting the conversation out there. I love that pretty much every woman has a period app on their phone nowadays, whereas when apps were a thing or when period apps first came out, that was definitely not the norm and people were, you know, sometimes tracking it. I know that when I was younger, I was not keeping track of it even remotely on a calendar or anything. So I do think it's it's wonderful that we're we're kind of moving in the right direction towards body literacy for women and helping women to open up the conversation about menstruation and um, fertility and all of that. However, I just believe that there is room for us to learn more about the ways our body works. And I will say, in I mean, I'm obsessed with this kind of stuff. So I'm just diving into research and books and all sorts of things about menstrual cycles and fertility. And I don't think that every woman needs to go into that level of detail to understand generally how her fertility works, that there are four phases of the cycle, that there are kind of two main phases within that. So there's, you know, your period, 
the follicular phase, which is from your period until you ovulate. There's the ovulatory phase when in and around ovulation. Ovulation only occurs on one day. Then we have our luteal phase from ovulation until you get your next period. And that's it. So how long did that take me to describe that to you? And many women still don't know that. They are, you know, asking questions. I what prompted me to make this episode in particular was that a woman asked in a fertility Facebook group, which I hang out in a lot of fertility groups so that I can see what kind of questions are women asking? Like what are women wondering about? Where are they where are the gaps in the information that's available to people that are trying to get pregnant and and are not able to um, get pregnant yet? And one of the women in the group posted about she said, my app says that I'm that I already ovulated, but I just started seeing fertile quality cervical mucus. And there's so many things that I could say about that. And I did actually respond just with kind of a, um, a more of a question of, have you learned about tracking and charting your cycle at all? Because there were many women, I think that there were maybe like 10 responses. And as an educator myself, I never want to make people feel bad or feel... Um, uneducated or or anything. My intention in being in these groups is purely to understand where women are at. And there were a lot of responses that I was, you know, kind of thinking about this poor woman and she's going to be so confused if she reads through all of the responses because there was so much conflicting information. Um one woman said something about how that that's totally normal. Another woman said that's not possible. Some people did say that the app is inaccurate. So I appreciated that that people were able to share that with her. Um, but as a fertility awareness method educator myself, I would have more questions for her of, you know, kind of, yeah, if she's tracking her BBT, if she's tracking cervical mucus at other times, because it is possible to have fertile quality cervical fluid after confirming ovulation with BBT. But there's so many other things that would go into assessing that, that we, you know, we would maybe want to test LH, for example. We would want to track and chart other signs of potential ovulation. I would want to make sure that she's actually accurately tracking her mucus. Like maybe it could have been arousal fluid that she mistook for cervical mucus. There's so many different things, so many questions that I would have in that situation. And that's where sometimes when I'm talking about the fertility awareness method, I don't even know where to begin because it's it feels like if that's the basis that women believe that an app could actually know better than you can what's happening inside of your body, it's yeah, it's just a um, a lot of misinformation out there that has women feeling really confused. And it's very common that in these groups or even on Instagram posts and things like that, I will see a lot of things that <clears throat> you know, I mean, I think that there's a lot of information in the world that is not like you can't fully know like 
what is the optimal diet for X, Y, or Z for this person? Like, I can't say that I definitively know exactly what's going to be the best for each individual person, which without understanding a lot more about their history. With that being said, there's some things that you just can't argue with, like being able to identify when you're ovulating. In my opinion, in my expertise, the best way to know is to track cervical mucus and basal body temperature and possibly to throw in some LH strips too, to confirm. So, and maybe progesterone strips as well. So I'm, I'm getting into, you know, more urine hormone testing and when the tracking and charting is a little bit tricky, but really this part of it is, is really missing for a lot of women. They're just kind of in the dark, sort of like, what supplement do I need to take? Like, which app is the best one at predicting when I'm going to do, when I'm going to ovulate or when I'm going to get my next period or tell me if I'm pregnant earlier or whatever. And, and it really just doesn't work that way. And I will also say that things, I'm not going to say any of them by name, um, but there's a couple of my patients that will continue to use some technology, technologically based fertility tracking devices in conjunction with learning to track and chart their cycle manually. So, you know, using wearable devices or a thermometer that automatically connects to an app, for example. And what I have found is that because these things are based on what has happened previously, they are not an accurate assessment of what's going to be happening in the future of your fertility because hopefully we're going to be improving things by all of the lifestyle, diet, supplementation, herbal medicine, acupuncture, whatever we're doing to improve your fertility. Hopefully the algorithm isn't going to understand what's happening because we're going to be shifting things significantly. So just to kind of share an example of that. So I'm working with someone that has PCOS, for example, and was ovulating really late in the cycle, had a, a super short luteal phase. And then the next cycle, the technology, um, the wearable and the computer-based thermometer were both very confused when she ovulated 20 days earlier than the previous cycle. And the reason she ovulated so much earlier is because we made some significant improvements in her diet, her lifestyle. She started taking supplements. She was taking a Chinese herbal formula, not local to me, so we're not doing acupuncture, but um, was really doing great on all of the other things that I just mentioned. And so that's where the issue is with these apps is that they're not able to understand the nuances that can come with actually knowing how to read and interpret a fertility awareness method chart. And I do understand why these methods are appealing to people because it takes a lot of the effort um, in terms of learning it and then also in terms of 
remembering to have the thermometer next to your bed or putting it in your mouth and, um, you know, taking the time to do all of those things, which to me, because I've been tracking and charting my cycle for such a long time, it is just like second nature. And I do think it's kind of like anything where it maybe seems bigger because you haven't done it yet. So for me, for example, I feel really resistant to cooking new things sometimes. I love to cook, but I kind of get stuck in ruts of like, I'm always going to be doing the same thing because I know I'm good at it. And yesterday, for example, I maybe this is a terrible example, but I was trying to make some pancakes for my daughter and I love making stuff out of sourdough. But I've recently been experimenting with gluten-free sourdough just to kind of give myself a little bit of an extra challenge. And I made her some, or I tried to make her some gluten-free sourdough um, pancakes and they were a complete fail. So not sure what happened with that yet, but I persevered. And then I, I made her some other pancakes and I put just a little bit of the sourdough in there, but made them with normal flour and they turned out marvelously. So I guess my point in all of this is just to say that there's a learning curve for everything in life and you're not going to be able to do this perfectly. There's going to be way more questions in the beginning, but it really is worth investing your time, potentially your money if you end up working with an educator or purchasing books and materials and things like that to to learn how to do it or purchasing the app subscription for $15 a year um, with Read Your Body, for example. So it's not that it's it's completely just simple and easy and nothing and something that you don't even really need to think about, but I do think it's a practice that you get to use for your entire life where there is one company, for example, that recently changed their algorithm and I'm in in a Facebook group for people that use this specific device. And I have actually personally used it. It didn't work for me. My, my temperatures were just so low and um, it was really uncomfortable. And so I, I didn't personally use it for very long, but I did join the group just to kind of uh, learn more about other people's experiences with it. And be- when the algorithm changed, there are so many women that are talking about, you know, like, what does this mean? Because it it changed this and my cover line did that and it marked my temp shift here. And the reason that these women are confused is because they didn't actually learn the method and they are relying on this technology and the algorithm and, you know, be it kind of being done for them. So they're maybe in a little bit, I, I'm just kind of, curious to know all of the implications of that with this specific algorithm update for people that especially are trying to avoid pregnancy. And if they're relying on this app to confirm when they ovulated and they're basing when they have sex, I mean, hopefully women are are educated about it enough to know kind of how to navigate that when there are unknown elements of the chart. Um, but I, I don't know. And so, yeah, I guess I'm 
I'm old school. I like to use a manual thermometer. I like to use toilet paper for collecting cervical mucus and stretching it between my fingers. Um, I do think that hormone testing is cool. And like I said, I'm, I'm getting more into that lately because there are some tricky charts in my practice where, you know, sometimes the temp shift is confusing because there was alcohol or travel involved or just an overall disrupted lifestyle type situation, or the mucus is way later in the cycle and it kind of doesn't really make sense. Hormones recalibrating after birth control. There's so many things that can impact our ability to be able to correctly interpret the chart, but it does get easier over time. And especially as women improve their lifestyle, the chart smooths out. It's very, it's so interesting to see. I just did a um, a presentation for some other acupuncturists the other day, and what I was sharing was some case studies from my practice. And I would I was showing an early chart, not necessarily the first chart. I kind of chose a couple of charts to reflect each person that I was sharing about. So the first chart, you know, you could see it was kind of more all over the place. The temperatures are really low. The luteal phase is short. The follicular phase is long. There's barely any mucus. And then you see one of the later charts after we'd been working together for, you know, two to three months or so. And you can really, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, my friends. Like you can really see the improvements in the chart. And it's so beautiful to witness. And it's so wonderful to watch women get pregnant when they make these improvements and you can see it in the chart why that happened you can see in the chart why they weren't getting pregnant you can see in the chart why maybe they had a miscarriage previously and you can see in the chart all of these improvements and they feel better and yeah so um i hope that it comes through that this is not coming from a judgmental place of being like, why can't people just learn this? I mean, I know it's hard. I know it's an investment of time and money and and I do understand. And part of my vision of the podcast is to make this, this information as accessible as possible to as many people as possible. I, not, I know that not everybody can afford to work with an educator. Um, I always recommend um, my teacher Lisa's book, The Fifth Vital Sign, Taking Charge of Your Fertility, um, Real Food for Pregnancy, for Hormone Balance, Nutrition. There are so many really wonderful and more affordable options out there if you are wanting to start learning how to use the fertility awareness method. And honestly, this is a shameless plug for my practice, but I, I do have 60-minute one-on-one sessions that I offer, and when people come to me sort of like, I don't know, maybe I want to learn the full thing, we there is a little bit of like a slower build to kind of um, not throwing everything at you at once. But if women are like, just tell me everything you know in an hour, then I do that, and I try to get you charting right away with and charting correctly um, in the way that I've described. And, you know, in one session, like in a couple of sessions, there's really so much that you can learn about your body. And even just listening to a podcast like this or finding other podcasts that are sharing about this kind of stuff, there's, there's really so much out there um, available for you, for you to learn how to track and chart your cycle, 
manually and not having to be outsourcing. So hopefully this wasn't too much of a ramble. I just, I, this has been on my heart for a couple of days after I saw this poor woman get all of this conflicting information. And like I said, it happens a lot and I am trying to bridge the gap. I'm trying to help women to to learn how how they can learn more about their bodies and and get pregnant naturally if that's what they want. So until next time, I hope you have a lovely day and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody that you think might benefit from hearing some of the information that was shared here today. If you're interested in finding more about me, you can find me on my website at rosebudwellness.com, on Instagram at rosebud underscore wellness, or on Facebook at the Rosebud Wellness community. Also, if you're feeling called to leave a, a rating or writing a review, that would be amazing. It really helps to get the podcast out to more listeners. Thanks so much for listening and until next time.